Hello everyone, welcome to the Keeping It Local podcast, brought to you by Pile Style Events. For this episode, we went to visit Rick Campadonico at his home on the north side of Fort Wayne. Rick is the booking agent for Hamilton Public House, which is a great new restaurant and music venue on North Clinton, in the building that used to be Bar 145. We also included Lucas Norton in the conversation. Lucas is the sound technician for Hamilton House, and as we found out, he also runs his own business producing albums for local musicians. One thing you won't be able to tell from the interview is that Lucas is only 21 years old, so it's just really great to hear how excited he is about the music scene in Northeast Indiana. This episode was interesting for a number of reasons. First, Rick is a character, and he's got some great stories. He can be a little too honest sometimes, but that's just great for a podcast episode. Uh, from a sound perspective, I learned that you can't get complacent just because you're recording in a private residence. You'll hear a doggy door at a few points, and the phone rings a couple of times, so my apologies for those distractions. They don't really detract from the conversation, though, I feel. The other interesting point we learned was that Hamilton Public House is a work in progress. Right now, it's somewhere in between a sports bar and a music venue. Some musicians love it, others not so much. But Rick and Lucas have some great ideas, and they left Alicia and me both really excited to see what becomes of the place in upcoming months and years. Finally, me personally, I learned that musicians kind of need feedback. So if you attend a live show, let the musicians know which songs you really like. Let the venue know. Let the managers know. And now, without further ado, here's Rick Campadonico and Lucas Norton. Keeping It Local podcast. I'm sitting here with Alicia Pyle, as always. Hi there. And we've got Rick Capodonico. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. All right, excellent. <laughs> and Lucas Norton. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we're going to be talking about the, the music scene at the Hamilton Public House today. And uh, we'll start with you, Rick. Would you just tell us a little bit about how you came to work for Hamilton Public House? A relative of mine, um, uh, Carmen McGee, she asked me to help her get some bands. And it's kind of funny because at first she asked me because I helped her do some some fundraisers for some events that she was she was running last year and and she asked me she asked me one time we were there you know having some some drinks and eating something there and she asked me hey would your would your band play here for free and I said no we don't do that anymore <laughs> uh, you know she was kidding but I didn't know she was kidding and then she called me uh, a couple of days later and I says no really would you and I go yeah why you you want to start bringing bands and I go yes and I said well that's good because the band you had playing that night was horrible <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a, it was a guy with a cheating music box a what music box you know well they had those uh, the guy with that guitar that that all of a sudden that guy takes a bite of the sandwich and the guitar is still playing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. backing tracks. Yes. And it sounds yeah. like you hear the yeah. drums playing in the background. Oh yeah. Like I mean, he has a whole band and the guys over there <laughs> and then he was like off key and it, it was like really funny. We're um, not going to name like, this person. No, 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 we're no, not. No. But it was, but it was like, yeah, Carmen, you know, your music needs some help. No, it was, it was, it was like, okay, so if you want to succeed, you know, you need to start bringing up the level of music. Yeah. And this is, you know, after work one day, I started planning who I was going to call, and I got on Facebook, and, and I started talking, you know, I got a lot of friends, you know. You got and, a lot of friends. And Alicia, Alicia helped me, I started playing with Alicia, um, when she invited me to play over the past few years, I got exposed to all these other people, and then it seems like every member had their own band as well. Yep. So I start getting invited. You all um, got a couple projects, you know. Right. You're just, you're booking the musicians, so. Yeah, booking the musicians, us? within two within two days, I had you know, March, April, booked. And she couldn't awesome. believe it. Yeah. Know? And I, you know, she had some that she had already promised. Then she left. 
So right now the current management has me solely responsible for the music booking there. So when they get calls or people approach and I use this uh, groovyconga at gmail.com. Groovyconga, yeah. I like that. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> groovyconga at gmail.com and then I get that request there and that's why I do it. Oh, it's cool. Is there like a, a certain type of music that, that you're looking for? Is there a vibe you're going for? Or are you really doing more I, of that? No, you know, it's everyone? funny you say that um, because I'm trying to give everybody a platform. Mm-hmm. You know, the place is not a music, it's not yet a music venue. It's, it's still a restaurant bar. Mm-hmm. And the way the Hamilton Public House is, is um, presented to the public is as a sports bar. And it's was, even, isn't it where the old, was it the Outback Steakhouse? It was old Outback, and... it was Out Steakhouse, and then it was Bar 145. Mm-hmm. In the same fashion as Bar 145, you know, we still, they don't treat the music as a high priority, and also don't treat local music as a high priority. Mm-hmm. The way that agreement was with how much they were going to pay the bands, and, and the perks was kind of low. Uh, so I kind of try to work that out <clears throat> I think it's cool how you're a go-between with musicians the live you know the live music scene and a, and a venue like that I don't think people realize how much work that is it is it's it, a huge <clears throat> amount of work and I, I bet you didn't even think about that when you got no into I didn't the... <laughs> I, I didn't and I learned a few things you know first of all I, I feel blessed that the opportunities that I've had in the last few years to play music with people like you and some of those other folks around and, and, and meet other music people it's been fantastic experience. It's like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a beautiful ride. So doing this is, it's a great experience because I feel like I'm doing something for people that really have this passion and love for music. Mm-hmm. And music is a funny thing, right? Because, you know, you have to have a passion to be a musician, otherwise you're gonna, you don't have any success because there's not a whole lot of money in it and unless you really dedicate fully in all angles of, that profession. A lot of work, yeah. not a lot of money. So, but, <laughs> but you know, you have, you have, um, Truth. I'm giving, I'm having, like I was saying, Latin jazz, jazz, Creole, rock, rockabilly. That's cool. Americana. I'm having a, a country band coming. Just a really That's eclectic right. mix. I'm having a yeah. R&B, okay. R&B coming. That was this past week. It was a country band, and it's a funk band. And, yeah. then, and so, yeah. Lucas, you do the sound. Is there, yeah. is there Are there any unique challenges with that, with all the different types of music and all the, the wide variety of musicians as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah. There's a unique challenge in being a sound guy right off the bat, um, especially at a restaurant bar like that, in that the first goal is to adhere to the band and make sure the band is happy with how they sound and how they're hearing things. And then once they're happy, I have to make sure the management is happy and that the customers are happy with how loud it is. Right. And, you know, sometimes a band gets a little too loud and I got to make sure you guys stay a little bit quieter because people are here to eat first and then they're here to listen to the music until a certain point in the night. And then anybody that's there is there to listen to the music. And then I tell them there you can turn up there. You could start getting some attention with these people. But at first it's a managing just three different massive groups of people to make sure they're all happy at the same time. And sometimes it gets a little tricky, but it's fun. It's interesting to me that, uh, I mean, Alicia and I were talking about how they have the TVs on with all the sports and then you have like the jazz music playing in the background. Mm-hmm. We thought it was kind of a, a disconnect almost. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to hear you guys Dude's talking about how you're trying yeah. to square that circle. Yeah. That's the hurdle you're working on, isn't it? It is. That's okay yeah. too. It's a good challenge to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, 
Like I was saying, I don't get paid, but I go I go there and consume. So yeah, yeah, you you actually do yeah. this volunteer. Exactly. So I I go there to see the the bands that I want to go see. Like I'm like I miss Rochelle, Michael Patterson, all those guys uh, play, and I really wanted to see them because I put them together. I'm also trying to put together a reggae band. Oh, cool. Yeah, because there's no reggae bands in Fort Wayne. Isn't that crazy? Oh um, yes. It's so, so weird. Uh, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. But it's uh, the challenge is to like Lucas said is to keep everybody happy. Uh, it's a it's a complicated board, so it's not for everybody. I think I explained that to you when, when I first contacted you about playing there. And it has two forms. Um, weekends is um, they don't want to have a nightclub. I gotcha. Which is what Bar One Forty Five became, or what's the other place that is now Flashback Life? Uh, okay. Used to be I forgot what the name of it was, but those places became a little scary late at night. Uh, but here, yeah, Hamilton is a good fam- family friendly. Well, here's here's too. and here's the thing that that I love about it, and I didn't think about it until I was sitting there at the bar and I w- watch it happen. It's a place for under twenty one musicians to go listen. To listen to music that they cannot otherwise listen to. Mm-hmm. You and know? the students can sit in. You exactly. know? A lot of us that have kids that are exactly. really good, that are 19, So, you 18. know, it, it really, I was sitting there at the bar one day and I was like, wow, this is actually a really cool thing that I can have, I can have a, te- a, a band full of teenagers if I want to, but I, they can also be here eating and enjoy it. And then, sure enough, there's my son and some of his friends, some are over 21, some aren't. They were there enjoying, and, you know, of course, I was, I think I was playing that one night, and that was a different night where I started hitting the microphone. He came over and threw me out for hitting the, <laughs> the microphone. Or were you testing, testing? Yeah, he's like, Dad, don't do that. And he was sitting <laughs> way out of it. You know? So, yeah, he likes to shoot me out, but uh, he's also goes to school with, with Lucas at St. Francis. So it's that, right? That, to me, was... I think that's what kind of keep me. I want to keep this. I want to be able to continue to this. And to tell you the truth, I'm already booked through November. I have no openings. I have. I have. Um, Unless someone cancels, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have a cancellation <laughs> list, which is kind of subjective. Uh, <laughs> They'll give away all your trade secrets. So, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. kind of canceled, but yeah. you're not sure. But I have the December weekends. I have open because those are the female-led bands, right? No, <laughs> well, and the reason I have the weekends open uh, is because I'm trying to find. I want to see how this evolves. Sure. I think we all do. I'm curious. Yeah, because something happened. Um, when NCAA, the Final Four happened, Tommy Soul got canceled because they preferred to have the, the sports. And I was really upset. Yeah. Because they didn't offer any compensation or any reward back or anything. I mean, at least give me a burger or a free beer. Give me something. something. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what I'm trying to make sure that the, the, the venue understands is when these bands commit to you they, or commit to me, They're it's like a contract. This is, this, yeah. is, this is a, a word of honor, right? So when you cancel on them, you know, you're really hurting them. It's were, cool that you're being an advocate for the live musicians. Oh, yeah. So the other thing that I did was well, when they first started, and they're still doing this in, in a way, was their idea was to have uh, solo shows, and they're still doing this, is on Wednesday nights. Okay. They pay $150 the show, and the show is from 6 to 9, or it may change from 7 to 10. And that at first included, they didn't, they didn't know what to do. Sure. Then later they came up and said, okay, how about a $20 stipend for each musician and I said that works if you're not going to raise the pay you know that's that's great and plus you're providing a sound but they were not providing sound for Wednesday night thanks for that message anyhow mm-hmm. 
But then on weekends, they were paying $300. So the, after my band played, I, which we have six musicians, and my whole band before I even got there, they had already ate and drank. They didn't know about the stipend because I forgot to tell them. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> Rick. And, <laughs> He's working behind the scenes to but, get you paid. But then there's something else happened. When I would talk to guys like Quincy Sanders or Tommy or Al, which Al's bands are usually pretty large, right? Uh, there's a lot of members in the band. Then I realized, you know, why don't we, why, I'm going to see if I can change this the way Club Soda does it, which is typically $400, right? And, you know, beer and wine. Yeah. And um, they really like you. They give you extra stuff. But Yeah, I got away with a free uh, Bloody Mary last night. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so I, I was able to negotiate that with the management and say, okay, if the band has four or more, it should be at least $400. If the band has three or less, it should be 300 Yeah. You know, this is my if it's a duo, uh, and it's up to you if you want to bring this solo, big solo acts that you have, because some of those big solo acts have a big following, like sure. QB Ashcraft. Yeah, he's got a nice you one. Know, so they accepted that, and that's what they're doing now. That's so, cool. Yeah, because, and then I explained to them also, is if I have a four-piece band, and if I want, if, if I want really want to play, and most music bands want to play at a new venue all the time, you know, oh, I never played there. So they want to at least try it once. So most people aren't going to want to come back, really, because especially if they are really driven by the feedback. And that varies, you know, because for me, it's also funny about that. You know, um, as musicians, we got to check out the vibe, though. I mean, as a band leader, especially, you're kind of doing, you have to do what a band leader does, which is make the venue happy, she's make the musicians happy. Yes, pointing at yeah. Lucas here. Make the venue happy, make the musicians happy, make the audience happy. And so as yeah. a band leader, we're always watching for that too, you know, to make sure. Are these people like the way we sound or can we can we bring a different vibe in here or try a different, you know, yeah, kind of music? Imagine. It'd be a well, terrible they feeling do. They, look they, out you know, I have, a, I, the complaints I received were from a few bands. One surprised, some surprised me, but one I was actually there and I was complaining about the same thing. You know them, it's the bands that will show up. All these guys are really good musicians that are professionals to the point that nobody practices or they don't even know what they're going to play. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get up there on the stage and play jam, you know, a lot of bands can do this great. But if you're going to jam and have a 10-minute a solo of that instrument and 10-minute solo of that instrument and 10-minute solo of that instrument in one song, you know, the people in the restaurant... They're not going to pay attention. Yeah, they're yeah. going to pay attention. They're going to They're going to hate it. That. They're going to totally gonna dislike That's it. That's where as a band leader, you got to pay attention right, to what people right. are doing. So that, you know... One band did that they didn't like, and there was another band that they didn't like. And when I hear that feedback, I just I don't even give the feedback, you know, until unless sure. they, unless they ask me, the band asked me about it. Uh, I just don't request them anymore, or I can cancel them. I got this thing that I, I feel I can cancel you if I ha- give you at least two months or one month ahead of uh, notice. I can cancel you. Yeah, I got somebody else that I need to present. I got people like um, that I haven't listened to. That I used to get recordings, but I am also going by word of mouth. Like Alina York is a mm-hmm. is a young. She's great. Uh, yeah, she's everybody. asking me how are you getting to Hamilton. I'm yeah. like, you need to call Which, Rick. I, I gave her so uh, Colin, um, another drummer, Colin Dorian. Never, I never seen him play. But when I saw that recording and that he had, was playing with Brad Coon, I said, "If he's playing with Brad, he's got to be good." <laughs> uh, you know, the and, room. Uh, yeah. Is he, is he? Is Robert his dad? I don't know, but uh, I heard a cut Keyboard where wizard. I heard a cut where it was Colin Boyd, Sean, and Colin Dorian doing something with they were they were in this show, and and that gave me a little more confidence that that was that's gonna be okay. That's cool that you're giving younger musicians a chance. I, I do, you know, and in fact, I, was, I saw something that Kara Walls was doing in Indianapolis, which is, 
why, why don't we have a show that is, is female performers, just females, and have kind of like a rotating show? You know, somebody goes in there and they, they sing two or three songs or perform, do this kind of thing, but I just got to figure out how do I sell it and how do people get compensated. Some people care about that, some people don't, but it's, it, it's, it's just to give people a platform to show themselves. I know a lot of musicians that they are just afraid to perform because, and also because they have again the opportunity to perform, right? I know this lady that works at Lincoln, she plays saxophone, and I keep teasing her because, and then I found out she's actually a really good saxophonist, but um, I said, what if I give you that the, the music charts to play this black coffee or, or some jazz yeah. song, I give you, can, can you play? And she goes, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So you know where I'm going Challenge with this, right? Oh, yeah. Is that your day job at Lincoln then? Yes, I, um, I'm a... It's just crazy to me that you're, you're describing this in so much detail and how much thought you're putting into this and how much effort... And it's like, this is something you're doing volunteering. Yeah. It's like yeah. after, after I, I just, hours. I just, I just love it. You can tell <laughs> just from the way you talk about it. Yeah. The, lately, I, I end up in the, at the guest house listening to the Sweetwater folks play. It's fun, aren't they? Bob Bailey and those guys, they're, they're just crazy good. Oh <laughs> just book Bob for a couple your, weeks. What's your own music background? Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Oh, uh, you know, I, I started playing bongos at a church back in Panama. Are you when from was, Panama originally? Yeah, I'm from Panama originally. And, uh, you know, we used to crash parties when we were teenagers. And in South America, when a girl turns 15, the parents, usually the ones that can do this, they provide these really fancy, big, huge parties with bands and everything. Mm-hmm. And you had to dress up. So we would actually dress up here in a suit and... If one of our friends would get invited, then we would show up with our friend to this party. <laughs> so it would be like five or six of us. Yeah. And we would end up dancing. We would go to these parties and we would see these big salsa bands play. And they would come from all over the place. Got to know a lot of musicians. And sometimes they would have these parties and we would go just musician parties. Where they, would, mm-hmm. they would get a new record from Puerto Rico or from New York. We would go listen to them. And uh, that's the first time I got somebody to teach me how to play. How to do something on a conga or how to do something on a timbale little things like that but I never got anything formal I remember the first band that I was in I was probably like 15 and it was named Los Latinos and it was three of us we, we, we knew three songs and somehow Roberto <laughs> decided to take a gig to a wedding to a wedding a reception and, <laughs> and, and he played like, all three songs he was really good <laughs> so he, he was really good he was like a couple years older than us we went to the gig and we started playing just typical songs and it was my friend Eduardo was singing, I was playing the percussion, and Eduardo was playing his keyboard. But I think we started, we ran out of songs, and we started playing the songs over and over until somebody <laughs> caught on, and then we got kicked out of the party. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get paid for this, or was it no, just about like, paid. hey, well, then that's all good. Because I think, I think we drank too much. <laughs> By then, we were drinking too much. Uh, we were going to the bar a little bit too Still much. Still a worthwhile experience. It then. was a fun experience I was curious, you know, I never yeah. knew you, I knew you were from Panama, but I wondered, yeah. like, what your musical background was, yeah. and yeah. how you got sucked into that. Yeah, so when I I came to the United States, um, I went to IPFW, and I wanted to study music, so I... My teacher was Neil Graham. He used to own the Percussion Center. A lot of people know, like Steve Smelter used to work there. Sure. Uh, After a semester, uh, Neil told me that he couldn't keep teaching me unless I became part of the music department. And I tried to get my folks, and he said, no, you're you're not going to be a musician. He said, why not? (laughs) Because you'll, you'll starve. (laughs) <laughs> so I said, okay, fair enough, you know, and uh, unfortunately Neil Graham passed away about five years ago, but uh, he was he was really good friends with Chuck Surak. He was great. probably riding in that band that Chuck Surak has, and, you know, 
The one in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the things that I learned about Fort Wayne music, about mm-hmm. these guys like Neil Graham. And, but yeah, that's that's my music background. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. That is neat. And today you're in Better Late Than Never. That's the band. That's that your band. Of. Yeah, it's a band that we started. Uh, I built a band. Started as a building man in Fort Wayne in um, Sweetwater. We, I was in a building man with, with Tim Biller. used to coach us like a few years ago. And I think he told me, somebody told me, that I, was the, I was the one complaining that there were no adults build a band I remember you guys talking about that yeah and then they, they, they right. formed this one and I ended up quitting the band because somebody couldn't keep time with a shaker and I got upset <laughs> so I, sorry. And I, I can't well it seems anymore. like it would be easy but it's not shaker <laughs> well it's like you know I, I carry a, I carry a, a tambourine yeah but sometimes I don't play it because I remember somebody telling me, you can really make a song really great with a tambourine or you can totally kill it. So, <laughs> yeah. so if I kind of listen to myself when I'm yeah. playing a tambourine, I won't, even, I won't even bring it out. If I know the song, I'll do it otherwise. Oh, so. God, I, brought my, I bought my mom a tambourine. She's not a musician, but she wanted to play. Uh, At our record release, I let her play tambourine. Well, somebody having it. Some no, people having their blood. this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's yeah. true, you know? So like somebody goes over the tambourine. Well, this guy was the shaker, and he was off the whole time. <laughs> Just <laughs> ruined everything. He's killing me. So how did you guys get connected here then? Yeah. I, I, uh, I told Noah to get somebody that I offered it to him if he wanted to be right. that son. Your person. son Noah, okay. Yeah, so he told Lucas and some others, and uh, I, I told Carmen. Okay. Carmen's the only interview you were at him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was pretty informal. interesting on my end with that. It was so in, you were school with Noah then? Does that help us? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm in the music technology program okay. at uh, St. Francis there. And Tell us about that. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, they, I mean, it used to be. Right, connected to a gymnasium, and you can imagine the horrors of a recording studio connected to a gymnasium, <laughs> if that even makes sense to some people. But they realized that that isn't, you know, exactly how it should work, so they, you know, bought the old Shriners building and, the, and turned it into the Performing Arts Center downtown, and they have a state-of-the-art studio that, at least until further notice, uh, when they had the acoustician come in and put up the fake walls and all of the sound distribution and all that, they were saying things along the lines of the best recording studios between New York and L.A. Yeah, I pretty much end up living there. Ninety uh, percent of the time. I, say, I see a lot of coverage of you on Instagram and online. Yes, I didn't um, know if you were staff there or a student. Or... That's how often I'm there. Some okay. t- some of the teachers call me staff because I'm there so much. So is but... Noah. They show up yeah. at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> this past few weeks. It was finals week, and we were staying there till about six a.m. I just picked up a client that um, wants to start recording sessions at three thirty in the morning. Oh my god! Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, that's when she gets off work and that's when she wants Rock to record so <laughs> yeah and we're like okay we'll do it because I don't think there's any other studios in town that'll record at that but you know that, that's my client well not their clients anymore so that's how I look at that and yeah the, their studio program is incredible um with a little bit of jargon, they got a Rupert Neve 5088 in their Studio A and an Audix S6 in their Studio B. Have you seen Tell it? us what so, those are because yeah, there's people I know, that listen a little to bit this of that jargon won't know. With that. There's people um, sitting here who don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. More detail, and, I guess. A Rupert Neve 5088 is a completely analog system that's oh, cool. a state of the art, one of the top two names in the recording industry for consoles when you have. Um, SSL for solid state logic and they're you know top of the line A plus boards 
And then you have Rupert Neve just having completely analog, gorgeous boards, and that's what we've got for his. <laughs> very, very pretty penny on those. And the Audix S6 is a digital console that's kind of a really big mouse, but it is in really, really awesome board and does a lot of really cool things. So yeah, we've got two really nice studios that I try to stay in and record as much as possible in there. And that's how I ended up, you know, starting my own business out of that. And working as much as possible in those studios to get that kind of So you met experience. Rick through your exposure with St. Francis and yeah, with and Noah. Yeah, and his son with that. And you and started a business with that? Tell us a little yeah. bit about your business. Yeah, so I used to work at Sweetwater. I got tired of that. <laughs> so as soon as I was done with that, I as on my way out, I bought a lot of gear and with that <laughs> nice discount. And I started my own recording business. I just decided to hop into it, just say, I'm gonna do this, this is how I'm gonna try to make money. And it was slow starting at first to just go out into the music scene and find musicians that wanna get recorded and want to get their music out there. And I said, I've got the means to do it. I have a studio. And Sweetwater's kind of, you know, swallowed that a lot in Fort Wayne. The competition for the music scene is a little down because of how many recording studios there are in Fort Wayne, because they have roughly 2,000 employees now. And every single one of those employees can purchase anything they sell at cost. So that's a lot of recording studio equipment in a lot of people's hands in Fort Wayne. So the only thing that really sets me apart from the rest is that I have a state-of-the-art studio that I can use um, that's top of the line can compete with Sweetwater at times. I have to say though I yeah. even given what you just said as a musician and I'm pretty mm-hmm. well connected I don't know any of these people that, that have because we still hear yeah mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of people have in-home studios right most guys that's the heavy majority of them but yeah. a lot of times there's so many of them we don't really know we like mm-hmm. I was asking someone the other day who records in town besides Sweetwater Sound like who yeah. do I want to talk to or who you know who mm-hmm. else is there and so I don't think everyone really necessarily knows all those people yeah so it sounds like you're making a name for yourself in a different yeah, way and not just because of St. Francis too. Yeah and the Hamilton House has helped out immensely with that and that every band that comes in there I'm like hey if you guys are looking to record I can do that for you and a lot of bands are just okay and then a few times I've been up there and then an actual engineer from Sweetwater Studios was playing up there and he goes yeah no thanks and I'm like okay sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was interested. It's still a network. About yeah. it. I mean, I'm, you know, following you on Instagram now and yeah. seeing all the stuff you're working Adam on. Adam Baker yeah. and those guys. I think that was the night with Josh Yeah. That's funny. But it's it's been an awesome experience to really, well, now work on both sides in the music industry, at least behind the scenes with the recording and with the live sound to get both scenes in there because the recording scene is a little more... I don't know what word I want to use. I'm, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm gonna say cutthroat. That's not really what I mean. But that competitive. For- yeah, and that when I get someone that wants to record, the very common trend is that up people want to pay very little <laughs> for something that costs a lot, yeah. and they want to get it done in a time period that is not very logical for a recording. It's like a wedding industry, basically. <laughs> exactly. And they want to record at three thirty right. in the morning. I want this wedding <laughs> yeah. for this recording amount of money, and I want it in three months. Under yeah. timeline. <laughs> yeah, I meet with the guy and I'm like, all right, so what do you want to do? Okay, record an album. So you're talking right off the bat somewhere between 500 to to $1,000 sometimes right there, depending on how much work they want to do. And I'm like, when do you want to get it done? And next week, um, well, okay, <laughs> hold up there. <laughs> we got some stuff to get through with that. So, But you're really experienced with the live sound now mm-hmm. in Hamilton and then you have all yeah, this recording That experience. was actually my entire introduction to music was actually through live sound and live audio. Um, 
So you're was, building a beefy resume, though. You are setting yourself apart from yeah. these other engineers. Yeah, I've been doing the audio thing since I was about 10 years old, actually. So cool. Yeah, it was it was funny because my dad took over running sound for our church years and years and years ago, and he didn't know how to run sound. So he bought a how-to-sound lecture um, thing in Indianapolis and for him and my older brother. And my older brother got really, really sick, and... He couldn't go. So my dad had already paid for it. So he goes, Lucas, you're coming. And I was this 10-year-old kid, and I sat in there, and I was fascinated by it. And since then, immediately after, my dad thought he just wasted his money. But I walked into the sound booth at the church, and I started running sound since I was 10. That's so then, cool. Yeah, from 10 to with about... With your dad, too. Yeah, with my dad. And then, well, by the time I was about 17, 18, I was the head sound technician at the church. I went for an upgrade and I started running sound at mega churches and that was, you know, kind of taxing with that, you know, mega churches want you there at 6 a.m. to start, you know, sound check. And I was staying up till about 3 a.m., you know, working in the studio because uh, I'd started college at that point. And it was just, well, okay, I'm, I'm out of that. And I had run live sound for a few years with that, and it's just focused on the studio thing. That's when the Hamilton House came along, and it's been really awesome just to get back into the live sound scene and get back to my roots in, That's awesome. in the whole industry. Yeah. So we're getting kind of close to the end here, but... It- a question yeah. I want to give to both of you guys. Did you both have a lot of exposure, it sounds like, to the music scene, mm-hmm. like all over Northeast Indiana and beyond, it sounds like. What are your general thoughts about the scene here in Fort Wayne, Northeast mm-hmm. Indiana, just the general area, and how does what you're doing at Hamilton Public House kind of fit into that scene? I think um, the Hamilton Public House is giving um, exposure to more music to the north side of town, which was missing. That's mm-hmm. right. Different variety. Yeah. And what I mentioned before about the exposure to different audiences of different ages. But the scene in, in, in this area, I think, is fantastic. Even, you know, Club Soda is the one I like to use as an example because sometimes when I was playing there and there was this big group from Chicago, we were at a break and I heard this lady tell the other, one of the guys, that, you know, I live in Chicago, but, you know, I'll tell you, this, this band sounded almost as good as any of those bands in Chicago. Someone just said that from Michigan last yeah. night. They come here for their live music they and like, They couldn't believe it. Yeah. So I'm like, come on, you know? Yeah. There's so much music legacy in Fort Wayne, and, and I think there's more and more, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no shortage of people wanting to play a Hamilton Public House. You won't believe how many people have to, to send back. I mean, and, and no send back, it's just I don't have, mm-hmm. I'm booked. Yeah. Or they want more money than we can offer, but uh, there's plenty. And right. the quality of the music, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, and I, I can talk about the music scene in Fort Wayne for ages, but I, I think it's really young in Fort Wayne. Uh, Sweetwater attracts a lot of musicians and it brings a lot of engineers too. It's just starting. You know, St. Francis started their record label. Purdue is starting their first school of music here and they're starting a record label. Oh, you know that. Yeah, it's really, really just starting to catch people that the music scene really could explode here. There's there's that discussion of a bullet train from Chicago to Dayton through Fort Wayne and stopping in Fort Wayne. And that's going to be nuts and just bringing all of that Chicago influence into Fort Wayne and the music scene. I think in about 10, 15 years is just going to explode in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's it's really good, really solid musicians all over the town. 
and they're getting heard and a lot of them have to you know get out of fort wayne to get an even larger influence but in about 10 15 years the music scene in fort wayne i think could rival that of chicago and maybe even nashville if things are going as the direction they're going in right now it's really hot doggedy really yeah i believe it those are some big words man yeah man i believe it really austin I think Fort Wayne is going to be an exceptional music city in about 10 to 15 years because of Purdue, because of the bullet train, and I think because of St. Francis and where they've just started their music program and their music tech program with that, and that it's really starting to grow in a very fast way. Well, it's cool that you guys are part of it with the live live music scene at Hamilton Public House. And in other ways, Rick, you're going to be playing and mentoring a lot of uh, different interactions musically. And it sounds like you're going to be recording everybody, Lucas. Yeah, that's the goal. (laughs) I just feel blessed. I I just feel blessed with the relationships and friends and fun that I'm having with everybody. It's friendly here, too. It is. I hope it stays that way. That's what Mm -hmm. I hope in the next 15 years when I'm 45, 46, (laughs) when you're talking about this new utopia of musicians. I hope it's still as friendly as it's been. Yeah. It's been a really nice, comfortable place to get to know people and work. It's, I mean, it's going to grow and you never know what will change with it. And I hope that Fort Wayne nature of... Midwest of the Midwest and people are are worried with a bullet train you might bring the crime of Chicago but you know I think there's something about Fort Wayne that's gonna stick how about about that Clyde Theater yeah and the Clyde Theater I totally forgot about the Clyde Theater and what's gonna happen with that and a new I'm going to go see Funkadelic man yeah, I know. I saw Funkadelic. I know the Bee Colony is performing there. Odie Miola. A lot of people don't know who he is, but I grew up listening to him. So this, yeah. this is actually a question I asked everyone, mm-hmm. and it's for our listeners. Like, Do you guys have any tips or hints? Or somebody wanted to stay up to date with the music scene and what's mm-hmm. going on, arts and entertainment generally. How do you guys stay informed about the shows that you might want to watch or what you're going to yeah. attend? I'll go to What's Up. What's Up is the big one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tend to find every band when they perform or when I meet them, and then I follow them. Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, all of that. Live Nation. Yeah, Live Nation, all of those. Because if they're really starting to kick in the music scene and really trying to get out there, they'll be advertising for themselves. And mm-hmm. you can start following these really good bands. That My whole start with it was uh, James and the Drifters. I saw them oh, well, at Meet, Meet, Meet a few years ago on Record Store Day, and my jaw was dropped. I'm like, these guys <laughs> are amazing. And immediately I followed them, and I'm like, this is what I got to do for most local bands. I just got to find local bands, yeah. follow them, and then I'll be part of their following. And it's awesome to do that because then you can find a show any day of the week, anywhere in town, the more bands you get with that. It's fun. Yeah. And exhausting. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a lot of friends that aren't concert goers, which sucks, but that's, that's just how it is. I love I love going to concerts. I mean, we had a big group of my friends that that's almost all we do every summer. Exactly. And, and Brass Rail is something to me that the place like a Brass Rail is like a little gem mm-hmm. because they only... They only host bands that are original music most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see some bands there that I, you know, like you said, you know, I just jaw just drops. When exactly. I to those bands. There's so many good bands out there. You just find them, follow them, and then start really actually. Following Sounds like them. one of the things you're doing though is keeping track of the, the venues. So you're gonna mm-hmm. record store day. That's always yeah. awesome. And yeah. then you, or you go to the brass rail. Knowing or, the venues and helping create venues, it's awesome. You know what? Recording them and putting them out there. So that following can continue with that and buying CDs, vinyl, or streaming any way you can. You guys are making great contributions and making waves. Mm-hmm. Thank you for co- coming on our podcast. Yeah, Thank do you, you guys have anything? Anything you else you want to add to it? That we missed? Mm-hmm. How we can we follow you? That is something you should say. Like, what's yeah, what's um, the following for Hamilton and what's your following, Lucas, for your yeah. recordings? 
Nort Record Studios. Find me pretty much anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. And you can follow me in my ventures of recording new artists and new music around town and saying, hey, there's a new record coming out. New Music Friday, always. Cool. Yeah. So. And what about Hamilton Public House, Rick? Uh, Facebook and... Um, What's this corny conga thing that we need to know about? Groovy conga. Groovy conga. <laughs> <laughs> Groovy yeah. conga is for the requests. Yeah, so anybody who wants okay. to inquire about, about uh, any, any time or special events at gmail.com. Okay, yeah. I love that. I'm yeah. going to mess it up, but it's great. <laughs> it's, it's like okay. your last name. I'm going to mess it up, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a groovy conga. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank right. you. If you want to keep up to date with the Keeping It Local podcast, you can go to the subscribe button. It'll be at the bottom of the blog post here. If you listen to it on iTunes, you can just subscribe there and tell all your friends, share us on social media, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks.